Super Talk Mississippi media production. And now it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by AG Chase Systems and Networks on Super Talk 103.1 FM. Welcome to Coast View, the show that celebrates the men and women who are making Coast of Mississippi such an amazing place to live, work, and play. Hey, one of the things that make enjoying Coast of Mississippi that much better is uh, the work of the Mississippi Coast Coliseum and Convention Center. And my friend Matt McDonald, the executive director, is joining us today. We're going to look back on 2021 and look ahead to 2022 and just see you know, what, what's the event schedule looking like after a challenging last couple of years? But before we go any further, let me just welcome Matt to back to Cozy. How you doing, my friend? Yeah, we're doing great over here. Um, a lot of activity that we had in 2021, more so than a lot of venues uh, that we compete with. Um, and then 2022 is shaping up to be maybe the best year that we've ever had. So, Matt, when I look back, uh, and I think for people who may not have heard you and me talk before, when I look back, I think, you know, when we began the the uh, the pandemic in early 2020, and you guys began to understand the reality of what was happening, I think it was important for people to realize that the Coliseum isn't this organization that's sitting there, this public entity with all this massive tax dollars coming into keeping you afloat. But you're, you literally run it like a private enterprise, and you have a profit and loss statement like any private enterprise has. You have some help on retiring debt from public money, but besides that, you're running it like an entrepreneurial business. Because you had that mindset, it changed the way you addressed the pandemic and, and some of the innovation that you were willing to do or able to do. Whereas other sort of public institutions that do what you do, they may not have been as innovative as you. When you look back, that's really a big part of what's enabled you guys to kind of make ends meet, isn't it? Well, it certainly helped, um, you know, when the when the governor uh, allowed us to do things um, in a safe way, uh, you know, and that helped because so many neighboring communities, New Orleans comes to mind immediately, were just shut down to where they couldn't do anything. We benefited from that to a certain extent because we had several events with promoters out of Louisiana that really had nowhere else to go. We were open. They knew that they could do uh, events here, even though they were smaller events, they could still operate. And, you know, so we learned a lot. We really did. Our staff pulled together and made things happen. They got creative. They got innovative. Uh, they had to have a lot of patience because when we would ramp up, then we get another wave and people would get nervous and we would have cancellations. And we dealt with that pretty much for all of 2020 once the pandemic hit and then a good part of 2021. But I tell you what happened is once we got through March and we got into the month of April in 2021, our business really started to take off and we had exceptional months in April. May was good. June was phenomenal. July, August, September were, were good. October was phenomenal. And now we just finished probably one of the better Decembers that we have ever had. Matt, that's incredible to, to hear that. And before we get into some of the details and maybe some of the highlights of 2021, I, I want to just so, so, sort of commend you on one other aspect that you and I have talked about in the past, is that, that even though you ended up having some downtime because different different you know, mass events 
were canceled, et cetera. You use this as a great opportunity to make some capital investments in the in the Coliseum to do some improvements to 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 develop your new VIP area. But you've uh, you you really even during the downtime, you, there was no rest for the weary, was there? Well, it gave us opportunities to make some improvements without disrupting, you know, our current book of business and. Granted, I would have rather worked around uh, that book of business to, to keep it coming here. Uh, we were able to do some things a little differently, and it certainly didn't put as much pressure on us. Uh, certainly didn't work our uh, turnover guys, our operations crews to death, having to change back uh, once we got into construction areas and then go back to events and back to construction. So that did help us. Uh, but, yeah, we kept busy, and we um, were able to – have some success with improvements that were much needed for the facility that will keep us competitive now with the, the likes of, of Baton Rouge, Lafayette, Pensacola, Birmingham, um, uh, Memphis, uh, South Haven, Tupelo, all the markets that we compete against, we've got to continue to get better and make improvements to where our facilities are, are equal or are cut above those. Okay, so now let's do this. Looking back on 2021, what are some of the high points for you? What do you look at and say, man, I can't believe we pulled that off? Probably the biggest game changer for us was when we figured out how to be a drive-in vaccination site. And I know that sounds strange. Wow, yeah. yeah. I mean, that probably wouldn't have been what you thought I would have said as the top of my list. But that gave people hope that there was a way that we could beat this and that we could get back to doing things uh, as normal as possible. And for us to be a part of that, one, it provided a little bit of revenue that was much needed for us, but it also provided uh, the community with a safer, easier way to get vaccinated when there were so many people wanting to get vaccinated. Now, ultimately, those numbers dropped off and and, uh, the interest in getting vaccinated uh, wanes uh, significantly, and we discontinued that. But from the middle of January till the middle of July, uh, we we've, we were able to be a part of a large-scale vaccination for South Mississippi. You know, I, I would not have expected you to say that uh, when I asked the question. But now looking back, I'm not surprised that you say that now because it in itself required some innovation. And you know what? I don't think I, you know, especially in the, in the first, you know, big wave of shots that you guys were giving, uh, I don't think I ever went by the Coliseum where I didn't see the steady flow of traffic through there. I mean, the the innovative approaches that you you took to be able to get people through there and get them out of there as quickly as possible. It really was a findable machine, wasn't it? Well, you know, the state did a great job. Um, I have to give them most of the credit. Um, we had assistance from the National Guard. We had assistance from Biloxi PD, Highway Patrol. All of those entities came together and worked as one team. And, and you, hear, you hear how important it is to have that team concept. You know what? CNs believe in, in, in those guys. All of them pulled together and made it work. At the highest point of, of, of the vaccination cycle for us, there was 1,500 people getting shots at this building every single day, um, or at least the days, the Monday through Fridays when we were opened up. Um, and what made it work was that the state was flexible to where when we needed that space to do certain events at certain points in the springtime when events were had 
slowed down on their cancellations, um, the state was flexible to where we could get that space back. So we didn't really miss a beat doing vaccinations along with our regular event schedule. And that, that was very rewarding. And I know that it helped a lot of people. It certainly helped give people hope and, and, and trust that they could come back and attend live events again. And, and for that, I would say that's our, that to me is one of the highlights of 2021. Now, we had a, we had a tremendous amount of success with events in 2021. Several house records were broken uh, in terms of uh, gross ticket sales, uh, numbers of attendees. I mean, our biggest family show ever in the history of the building with Disney on Ice that played in April of 2021 and came back in November of 2021 and set all kind of records. So, uh, you know, when you factor that in, uh, one of the biggest and most successful crawfish music festivals uh, that we ever had, cruising the coast was as big or bigger than it ever was. I mean, so there were so many things, not just here at the Coliseum, but coastwide that were just bigger than anyone would have ever believed in a year uh, of a pandemic. Pretty amazing. And then, of course, as you're beginning to, you got into the second half of the year and you began to contemplate how 2020, 2022 was going to go, it was pretty evident that uh, you were going to be able to hit the ground running in 2022, wasn't it? Yeah, because, you know, we're, we're seeing con several, we actually have one more rescheduled date with uh, Reba McIntyre on February 25th. She is the last of the uh, reschedules that we lost in 2020. And some of them we even lost in 2021 and, and and they pushed back as far as they could into 2021 and reba's gonna now be the last one for february 25th of 2022 if you had tickets to that original show they'll be honored so don't worry about that if you lost your tickets paid with would be paid for them with a the credit card chances are good we can help you uh, to where you don't miss the show so keep that in mind but other other than that other or more events are, are coming on the board. We have a, a, a big Raleigh Green concert, uh, January the 28th. We booked a Morgan Wallen show for, for March 3rd. Um, it, it is it is going to be huge. I mean, it's sold out. It's going to now be the largest grossing concert in the 44-year history of the building. Um, we announced the, the return of CPR Fest to the grounds of the Coliseum for April 2nd. Uh, we're a couple of days away from that uh, lineup announcement. I'm really excited to get to work with your radio group again to do that event. Um, our Crawfish Music Festival is on sale for 2022. Ticket sales for that now are uh, exceeding a quarter of a million dollars. So we're already anticipating a big, big event for that. So a lot more more stuff coming and I know we're about to go to break. Yeah, we are. Thank you, Matt. So uh, this is Matt McDonald from the Coast Coliseum. When we come back, what I want to talk, let's come back to the Morgan Whalen concert. Uh, I hear a lot of buzz about it. Why you believe it's going to be one of the, a record breaker. I already know it's going to be a record breaker and we'll hit a few more highlights for 2022. We'll be back after this break. Subscribe for free to the Coast View Podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. 
This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. I have my friend Matt McDonald with us, Executive Director for the Mississippi Gulf Coast Coliseum and Convention Center. And we just did a reflection on... Uh, 2020, 2021, we're looking ahead to 2022. Uh, you mentioned some of the venues that we compete against. Um, but how would you, when you describe our market and, and, and the other similar size markets that we compete with, how do you talk about it? Well, we're really a combination of a strong local facility and a smaller regional play because we're seeing tickets being sold for a lot of the bigger shows that we're doing that are coming from a a regional area, uh, whether it be Baton Rouge, Slidell, Jackson, uh, Montgomery, Pensacola, Mobile. So that makes us more regionalized. But for most of the events we do, we're really localized because we're drawn out of that six county area uh, and in some cases even uh, predominantly Harrison County. And, and that's okay too. You got to be able to be both in a small market to, to really survive and to generate the necessary revenue to operate under. We were talking about the Morgan Whalen conversa- uh, concert upcoming. You said it's going to be a record breaker. Explain to me why that is. What, what's, what is the aura around that artist at this moment and why this particular concert is so important? Uh, I think, um, you know, when when he misstepped or misspoke and and it was captured on cell phone video, uh, that there was a lot of um, negative reaction to what he said. And and but I think some of it was maybe way blown out of proportion to the extent that that there were people trying to cancel him. It was uh, country radio wanted to cancel him. Um, Record labels wanted to to drop him. Uh, Promoters didn't want anything to do with him. And and he really kind of took a a beating in the short term, but in the long term, I think a lot of that backfired and cancel culture got canceled in this case. And he's probably the hottest selling artist out there uh, so far in 2022. Uh, I want to say he's got 60 concerts that are currently on sale for 2022. They're all sold out and they'll all do in excess of a million dollar gross uh, receipts at each venue. That's really, really incredible. You know, he was on a roll prior to that misstep and you know, there's a lot of, you know, we won't get into the, the specifics of it, but there, you know, a lot of different points of view about what actually occurred and why it occurred. And, um, you know, it's just, it is what it was at that moment. And people can have their points of view about it. But at the end of the day, you're right. I mean, this is a situation where the the power of the artist, I mean, the fact that he's so talented and such a great entertainer, I mean, that's his live shows are are, are just the subject of incredibly positive critical review, aren't they? They, they, they really are. And, and the phenomena that's occurred in terms of his popularity, you stop and think about, he played in Mobile, Alabama in, in late in the fall of, of 2021, sold over 31,000 tickets. Two days later, we put him on sale for a date in, in early March in Biloxi, Mississippi, and he sells out in one day. Now, granted, we're, we were only selling a third of that, you know, 10,000 seats. But if we would have had the available date 
and could have played another show with him, we would have sold that out too. Um, he, he then went and put shows on sale for the wharf in Orange Beach, Alabama over the 4th of July weekend, sold all of those out. So uh, there was still meat on the bone uh, to, to speak of in terms of concert ticket sales. So the guy was incredibly uh, popular and it's gonna be a major, major show for us uh, uh, in early March of, of, of this year. Well, it's it's obviously it's good for him <laughs> from a financial point of view. And as uh, you and I were talking about during the break, Steve Azar and I have had many conversations about this, but the changing nature of music and the music industry these days makes the concert part of what they do. Concert used to be about promoting albums. Now today, albums are really about promoting concerts. So the business well, model has changed it, dramatically. Then they tie back in the merchandise uh, components gotten bigger in most cases for most of the artists. Uh, but what's really changed and what, what I've seen, uh, particularly during the pandemic uh, for the shows that did go on sale is the increased in ticket prices and, the, and what that does to a, a gross potential for a show. And therefore that means that the artist wants more guarantees because he knows that, that uh, he or she can sell more tickets, creating more revenue. And that dynamic has escalated exponentially very, very quickly. And what's doing that is, is different ways that they're pricing these tickets. It's almost like an airline model and they call it dynamic ticket pricing to where the greater the demand, the higher the ticket can change literally in seconds to where when we put Morgan Wallen on sale, there were sections that were priced at a certain price point. But by the time those sections opened up to, to be sold, and, and I'm not talking about in a matter of, of minutes, I'm talking about in a matter of seconds, those prices were already increasing based on the demand. Wow. How high did they get, Matt? I think some of the tickets uh, that actually sold in the initial sale on Ticketmaster went uh, in excess of $250. Uh, now, those tickets didn't start out priced at that level, but right. because of the way that the demand curve worked in that particular pricing model, it drove those tickets to that price point. Well, as you and I talked about, I've watched this on social media and I've just heard some young people talking about it, but... The resale ticket value, <laughs> either official or unofficial, related to that particular concert, man, some of the numbers I'm hearing are extremely high. Look, I, I had people call me, and, and, and we were able to get a few tickets to, to, to some of our clients that, that wanted to purchase them. And I told them, I said, you're sitting on gold. These tickets are going to do nothing but escalate in value the closer we get into the date. And uh, that's exactly what's happened. Yeah, it's just that's really incredible. So how do you how do you continue to position yourself so you can get that? I mean, again, coming back to Marlon, the Whaling concert. It's the reality of he's a hot he's a hot artist at this moment. How do you continue to keep the focus on hot hot artists like that so you can have the same kind of impact to the total revenue draw that you have, you know, at least a potential draw. Well, you know, some artists are, are, are worth more than others in terms of ancillary income. Some artists sell a lot of, uh, of merchandise. We get a piece of that as part of our revenue stream. Some artists sell more uh, adult beverages than others. Um, we get a piece of that. And, and so 
the makeup of every single show that we do is different based on what the potential for revenue is in certain revenue streams. And we look at those things. And, and to be honest with you, Ricky, the days of me booking stuff that I like are long over with. Most of those artists are either gone or forgotten uh, or, or both. And we really now try to focus on the artists that are a selling tickets that's the most important thing but then when you really can can uh, pick and choose the artists that can sell uh, that have strong beer sales the artists that have strong merchandise sales those artists are also attractive because it it allows us to maximize what our revenues are for those given shows now this market's not really strong enough to to host those type of events week after week after week because there's only so much discretionary income in a market of our size. But when we get those opportunities, we certainly want to capitalize and maximize them uh, because the revenue is big, but it takes those kind of events to subsidize some of the smaller events that we do where we don't make that kind of revenue. You know, Matt, coming back to Super Talk Mississippi Media and the CPR Fest, I had uh, I had um, uh, Kenny Vest on recently, and you know, here, here's a company that's multifaceted, sort, you know, multiple radio stations, big in the digital world. Uh, their ability to help make uh, big events go has been proven, and I think the CPR Fest is certainly one of those. It was off the table for a period of time, but it's back on the table again. I know you, we haven't released the artist yet, but it's exciting to see that get back on the table, isn't it? Well, you know, it tells me, and, 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 and we just experienced it with hockey doing three trial uh, games in the month of December. There is a longing to return to some of the, the, the cool events and the cool memories that people had or that were created right here at their Mississippi Coast Coliseum. And CPR Fest for years was, was, was uh, looked at as one of the premier radio events anywhere in the southeastern part of the country and things changed and and ownership changed and people wanted to go in different directions and subsequently the event uh did not do as well financially as it had in previous years and it, and it moved away and then it ultimately went away now it gets to come back and we're going to make it, it really big and, and and better it's outdoors we do have the backup of the arena in case it rains, but but not just that, but hockey coming back for 2022 is going to be big. Um, we're working on some other things as well to, to recreate some of those memories that were strong in the past. We think it's time that some of those can make it again. We'll stay in touch with you. It's exciting. Congratulations on you and your team and all your success at the Coliseum. We appreciate your leadership and uh, you know hope that 2022 continues to shape up to be a record year. Have a great day, my friend. Thank you, Ricky. And you know what? We have a great team, and I'm real proud of the people that I get to work with. They make it happen. I know you do. Hey, when we come back, we'll continue the conversation here on Coast Food. We'll see you after this break. Listen live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. A Supertalk Mississippi media production.